Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and a warm welcome to the Red and Blue Review. What are you not doing here tonight on a Sunday night with no game? Tom Clark Samuel. Good evening, mate. How are you? Um, ladies and gentlemen, honestly, a warm welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. For those of you who are going to pop on shortly, uh, we've got a few things that we want to talk to you about, okay? And a few things that we haven't got to talk to you about. We want you to tell us what you like, what subjects you'd like covered. Uh, as a team are popping up on your screen, uh, I'm sure they will have lots of insight and lots of information for you, especially young Tim in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, don't forget, you can find us anywhere on our YouTube channel now, or we've still got our Red and Blue Review Facebook group. It's still out there. Uh, go on to our website, www.redandbluereview.co.uk to watch this and all of our back catalogue. John Knox, Steve Chandler, Richard, Richard Thomas, good evening, gentlemen. I hope you're all well. So introducing the panel this evening, and he's moved positions since pre-show. Fergus Tig, how you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, Nick. Yeah, Cap off and put it underneath you now, please, so, so you can cover the other, no, downstairs. Uh, Ian Noble, how are you, mate? Uh, good evening, Nicholas. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good evening, everybody. Boys, thank you for joining me this, this Sunday night. And Tim Richards, the fabulous, fab Tim Richards. Good evening, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Nick. Hello, everyone. Uh, Paul's out there, I see. Mark Callagher, Ian Affley, Daniel Garlic, Facebook user, Eve. Whoever's written Eve, can you write again and let us know your name because we can't see who you are. It says, good evening, it's on one of them. Paul Bristol. Maybe, maybe it's someone called Eve. Maybe it's something called Eve. It could, it could well be. Um, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who just joined us, okay, so what we're going to do this evening is we are going to touch on a couple of the usual uh, subjects, a couple of the usual bits and pieces, but we have an open floor, an open mic for you guys to tell us yeah, that's got to be Andrew Adams saying it's the wrong link again. So yeah, I guarantee you that I'll come back and that will be Andrew Adams, Facebook user. So we have an open floor for you. Um, if you would like to join us, feel free. Um, you write in the chat what we're going to talk about and we'll talk about it. If you've got any questions for the panel, you, you ask the questions and we'll try and get to as many as we can. Yeah, there's no reason why you can't jump on even if you want to. I'm sure if you message Nigel Croucher in some way on the World Wide Web, he'll send you down the link if, if it's something really pressing, really important you want to talk to us about and you think we need to discuss, jump on and tell us. We don't mind it. Open season. So we will talk, we'll touch on the other teams. We'll touch on uh, the transfer window. We'll touch on the loans in and out during the course of the evening. Um, and as I'm watching all the people jumping on and saying hello, good evening to each and every one of you, wherever you are watching in the world. Boys, if it's okay with you, um, I'm going to go straight to Tim Okay, and for the benefit of the, those of you watching or listening to us any, anywhere, Tim has, and I'm very delighted and very proud that Tim is representing the Red and Blue Review on the FAB, the Fans Advisory Board. Okay, so once again, congratulations to you, mate. Um, he now thinks he mixes in greater places, so I should, should think he'll probably be leaving the Red and Blue Review because he's so damn important. Okay, he's such a special person. Well, we've known he's, he's a little bit special for many years, but now he's actually proved it to himself that he's special. So, Tim, so I understand last week you had your first meet and greet with the rest of the committee. I understand you got a WhatsApp group going. This is how Tim works on the committee, ladies and gentlemen. This is how hard he works. As you can see, his input is great. I don't know where that third finger actually disappeared to. Can anybody tell me where that other finger actually went to? But that's, that is the committee in, in action. And I'm sure you'll agree. 
It's a wonderfully exciting time he's having there. Right, get that off, Nigel. Um, Tim, okay, very seriously. I understand you had your first meeting. I understand you guys, between you, independently from the group, have actually set yourselves up a WhatsApp group and so you're able to talk to each other and come up with an agenda. Could you give us a five-minute overview of what was talked about at your first meeting the other day and what the plan is going forward, please? Yeah, certainly. Um, so it was last Tuesday, I think it was, uh, at the Academy, uh, my first time there. Uh, as I was saying to Nick, it, it's still quite surreal um, to kind of, after all my life being a fan, and now to kind of have some involvement is, as I said, somewhat surreal. But so, yeah, so we met up um, last Tuesday um, purely um, as a meet and greet and kind of start laying out how it's going to work. Uh, we had um, all the fab representatives there. And we also had Ashley Brown from the Football, Associ Football Supporters Association, who is working with all the Premier League clubs um, on setting the fab up and kind of helping getting it sorted. Uh, there was also uh, from the club, there was Sean O'Loughlin, the Chief Financial Officer, uh, and Sharon Lacey, who is the Chief Operating Officer. Uh, so, yeah, it was, the first thing that struck me was, is how open they were. Um, the other FAB members, it's quite a good mix, actually. It's, it's quite good. There's, there's a big range of ages. Um, so, yeah, so it was kind of, I suppose we were all a bit quiet as, to start off with because this is also new. Uh, the first thing that did strike me was, I think there's a bit more to this than we initially thought in its importance. Um, the reason I say that is, so it's a legal thing. So basically, the government have said that each Premier League club has to set um, a fab up. There are also some football league clubs that are doing it voluntarily, but there is talk that that will actually get made mandatory as well. So we did the initial introductions and we had to go around the table and say a little bit um, about ourselves. Um, and did then you tell we, them you were involved with this podcast, did you? Yes. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good uh, yeah. Because we had to say we had to say who we represented, as in, which I'll lead on to something else a bit later. But I also said, and also you know, other groups like the Red and Blue Review. Uh, then the club representatives left, um, and they left us with Ashley for about fifteen minutes, so we could get because he's got no out. He's actually a, a Portsmouth fan um, who had been doing this for seven years anyway. So he's got no axe to grind. He, he's got no, you know, motive. Um, and he was really useful. And it was interesting because I have been looking at social media and, you know, Palace are always last. It turns out we're not. It turns out we are kind of in the middle of clubs and how far they are down the fab path. Um, he said, for instance, Liverpool is quite advanced because they had a good set up anyway and they've slightly altered that to be a fab uh there are other clubs that haven't even got anywhere near the way at the place that we've got one thing he did say that he was amazed by was the number of initial requests that palace had it was i think they said it was 265 people is, and he said, is that applicants for the job yeah yeah 
And he said that was factions of 10 higher than any other Premier League club, um, which is quite interesting. Um, and then I asked the $64,000 question or whatever it is. And I said, look, are you finding that clubs are doing this because they want to? Or are you finding they're doing this as a tick box exercise because they have no choice? And he said, basically, there's a mix. He said, there are definitely those that are up for it and that are doing it from a genuine, from as far as he can tell, from a genuine uh, place. He said, there are other clubs that you can definitely tell they're doing it purely because they have to. So again, I said, okay, so from your point of view, from, you know, from Palace's point of view, what's your honest opinion on their stance? And he said, I can honestly say from the conversations that he'd had, the interactions that he'd had and will be having, he said he's, from what he can see, as a club, Palace do seem very genuine in wanting this to progress, wanting to get it to work. Time will tell. But it was, you know, that was nice to see. Um, then the club representatives came back. And they basically did say that, Nothing was off off the um, off the list, if you like, to talk about. Uh, they said anything that's discussed there, we are free. Well, anything that's discussed there will be put out into the public. They did say that there may well be topics that come up that they'll ask us to hold off until a club announcement is made, um, which I thought you know is fair enough because you need to get the right messages out there. I presume I presume you have you you weren't asked to sign any NDA yeah. welcome gel. You weren't asked to sign any any gel. Yeah, uh, nothing. No, nothing at all. Um, they did seem very open. To be fair, they did seem um, pretty genuine. One of the things that was spoken about both by the club and by all the fab representatives um, was the trust. You know, it's a relationship. This thing's just started. We've had one meeting. It's brand new for all the clubs, you know. So as they said, as much as we've got to learn to trust them and trust the club, they've got to be, you know, it's a two-way thing. They need to build up a relationship with us as well. Um, the other thing we did, or it was spoke about, so currently at the moment the uh, chief operating officer is the chairman or chairwoman, chairperson. Of one, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, one thing that we've got to do, and we are meeting up at the club at Sellers Park on Monday, as in purely the FAB members, we have to um, discuss and come up with a co-chair uh, who can sit alongside the chief operating officer just to make sure things are down the middle, there's no bias one way or the other, and to keep it strictly you know, down the line. Uh, and again, going back to what I said initially, this is a bigger thing than I initially, or most of us initially thought it was, in that what uh, the club every year have to do a report back to the Premier League um, regarding the FAB, things that are discussed, things that have been progressed. And there are, I think they said it's two meetings a year where all co-chairmen have to go and sit with the Premier League in their headquarters to discuss what's happening and to bring anything up so yeah this i think is 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 quite right tim can i ask you a question at that point 
I'm going to jump in and ask you a question. It's the same question as I asked you the other day when you were telling us about it. So just for clarity, there is a, already a, co a chairman in place. And the, but what they're looking for from the FAB committee is somebody to step forward and be the co-chair to sit alongside the current chairman. Tim, OK, I'll ask you the question. Probably some of the people watching out there are, uh, want to know, are you actually planning on putting yourself forward? I'm thinking about it, but... And if not, why not? Whether I've got the time, whether I've got the... Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about it, but I, I can see there's going to be a lot of slack with it. And it's kind of, am I prepared for that? Um, Tim, can I come in? I suppose, you know, you've you've had one meeting with your colleagues yeah. there, uh, fellow fans. How many of you in were there 10, something like that? Is that right? Eight well, or I'll, 10? I'll read out. I've got a list here. Just if I, if I read out. And well, the reason I want to read it out, yeah, is because one of the things that I said, we were talking to, oh, who you're representing and who. I said, look, at the end of the day, the fact you can see that Palace had that many people who wanted to, to have a go and help get the club to move forward. It's not just a fan base, it's a family. It's more than just a fan base. So I said, yes, I am representing the gold members, you know, that. But if someone who isn't a gold member contacts me, I'm not going to say, oh, sorry, um, I, I can't talk to you because you're not a gold member. That's good. So, I'm a gold member. Yeah. So, so basically, so cut, to, so cut to the chase. Tell us who these people are, and what I'm interested in is: there anyone there that you think would make a really good co-chair, other than yourself? Because you're not sure about yourself, so forget that. Um, what about the other people? So we got Bruce from the Disabled Sporters Association, uh, you know, friend of the show. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Grant uh, from the HF. Uh, Jennifer Ball, season ticket holder. Uh, Kate Murray, Palace and Proud. Mark Silverstein, away match attendees. Phil Huffer, who is the Women Supporters Group. Ryan Salisbury, the international member from San Francisco, I think. Uh, Sue Maisie, the uh, Crystal Palace Independent Supporters Association rep. And Chris Waite, hospitality. Right, OK. So my, I'm going to lead in here my first question to you, Tim. So primarily, do you understand the role of the FAB committee to be a conduit between the fan base and the club, and the club back to the fan base. Do you is that your understanding of the role? That's exactly what it is. But it's um, one of the things that we did discuss is how are we going to get the message out there, or how you know what's the best way to keep everyone that we can updated. One of the members came up with uh, creating a website, but I said that's so much work, and again, it's like a separate. We don't want to be separate. It, it's the club. So I think um, we heard that the club are actually looking to um, create a page on the Palace website for Fab Business where people can go to um, to get updates. One of the things that I did ask for them to do was on that just to clarify exactly what the Fab is for, what they think. And we have to agree it, but what the Fab is for. And it's a bit like I said to you, Nick, it's not a case where Joe Public or Joe Blogs in the Homestyle end, oh, my seat's cracked, I'm going to contact Fab. It's kind of not for that generic, that kind of specific thing. It's the bigger strategic kind of way forward or any ways to improve things. Um, but it's going to be a learning curve. I mean, it's not going to go right straight away first time. 
uh, it's going to take a little while to, um, to, to to flourish. We did, a couple of us did kind of let the Palace staff know or how things are out there and if they're fully aware of the negativity and what needs to be done. Um, Tim, so, yeah. Jump, Tim, I'm going to jump in. Two questions from the chat, okay, and then I'm coming to Jill. First question is, why has there been no, any sort of release from the club with reference to um, what the meeting, how the meeting took place and the results of the meeting, number one? And number two, question in the chat, is the HF guy representing a category or representing the HF fans? For example, you're, you're representing gold members, okay? Is he representing the HF or a category of fans? HF, I believe. Don't, don't and, chairman. Don't, don't, don't. don't yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what, as far as I know, but yeah. Thank you, Jill. So, Tim, is that. Oh, sorry, Jeff. That's all right. Um, so, so, really, you just. Uh, and I don't mean to sound condescending, just a, a, an ideas group, really, for the, for the club. Um, and and it, it would be interesting to have this conversation in at the end of the season or in, in a year's time to see whether any single idea that, that, that comes from from FAB is implemented in, in any way. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I, look, listen, I, I, and I'm just going to be honest, Tim, you know, I am highly sceptical of, uh, of, of anything like this, and, and 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 like I say, I don't want to put it too much because it'd be really, really nice if if you guys did come up with great ideas or went to the general public. And I mean, is is that what you're going to do? You're just going to go to the to the to your gold members or people within the club. You are you going to take an idea? Someone could come up that could be a random supporter somewhere in the world. Come up with a great idea. Could you take that idea on board? Definitely. That, that, that's literally what we want to do. Um, it's, I'm, I agree with you, Joe. And is, is as we said at the meeting, talk is cheap. We need to see results. And to be fair, to be fair, both the uh, financial officer and the chief operating officer basically said the same thing. Because we did speak about the scepticism out there. And they actually were the ones that turned around and said, well, the only way we're going to get over that is to actually get some results and get exactly. things through. They done, said, yeah. it doesn't mean everything will, but yeah. Okay, right. One at a time. Uh, Ferg was first, and then Ian, I'm coming to you. Um, so Mark Callaghan in the chat says, it reminds me of a school governor's meeting without the clout. Time will tell. Absolutely. Uh, Fergus. Yeah, no, I understand it's the first meeting and I guess it's like an organic process and it? it's going to grow to him. But it'd be interesting to see how proactive they are and how receptive they are to some of the ideas that you put forward. And it might be worth listing, you know, the benefits because like Jill said, at the end of the season, we've not delivered or they've not delivered anything that's come out of that board, then kind of all almost rendered well, I, think the end, I think the end of the season is probably a bit too soon if I'm honest I think yeah, okay, but... you know, you, you've got to give these guys an opportunity to A, insert some influence and B, you know, have an opportunity to get a result of whatever it is they're looking to get okay, uh, Ian yeah, uh, yeah I mean I, I think 
what would be interesting because you know tim you're representing gold members but you're conduit to gold members you know i'm not sure where that is but you have got a conduit to people that watch this podcast and we know that we get 60 80 100 people watching this podcast and we get lots more people listening back to this podcast um after it goes out live so you know i'm just saying to you guys out there listening to this now if you've got issues that the club um that you you've got with the club why don't you put them in the chat or even tim i don't know if you you, you want to give your email out people can email you directly um it's there is it yeah here we go tim cpfcfab at outlook.com there's the email if you've got issues why don't you just email tim what those issues are i'll tell you what tim there's an awful lot wrong about this football club off the pitch. An awful lot wrong. Um, the ticketing system, for a start, is totally useless compared to other clubs. You know, they don't re- release away tickets anywhere near soon enough. We know that other clubs do it better than us. Um, and therefore, you know, that's one thing that you could take up. And I, I hope the away season ticket guy, or whatever he is, takes that on board. But I don't know the bloke that's, that you mentioned is the away representing away fans. I've never heard of him. I go to every away game virtually. Um, but, you know, the away ticketing is awful. Um, getting through to the box office is pretty awful. Um, some of the experience on match days, the food offerings are pretty awful. So, you know, you can list the things that are wrong with this club. I think off the pitch, we're League One, League Two standard. We're really poor. Um, and therefore, I think the fan advisory board's got a big task to improve some of that stuff and Tim, my friend, you've got a pivotal role to play in all of this. Absolutely. Well, is, there, is, is there an open channel? Um, or is it you can only bring it up when you're meeting? I mean, is there a WhatsApp group or something like that where you can you can constantly right. feed your ideas into? Four things. Well, four things. One, my email address is on the bottom, and it's what I said the very first when I started, is we're all very conscious that we're a family and all of us, just because we represent a part of the club or the fan base, doesn't mean we don't listen or interact with any of the rest of the fan base. So if you're a season ticket and you've got a question or you know something, drop me an email. We all feel the same way. Um, so that's that part. Um, one of the things that is going to work well, and um, Ashley Brown came up with, and well, I think we're going to go with it, is that one of the things we're going to do is, apart from the fab meetings we're going to have, it's likely ticketing was one of the things that was spoken about, is there will be working groups set up. And what we're kind of hoping is that there will be one fab representative on a working group, but then we want to bring other fans in who aren't on fab, maybe not in another group, to be involved in that working group to um, to help get things sorted. So you're spreading the knowledge, you're breaking down the reservations and oh, it's not going to work. You're involving other people that might have some really good ideas that otherwise may not be able to get involved. So we're hoping that's going to help the situation. Um, there are two, yeah, two WhatsApp groups. We have a fab WhatsApp group. Try saying that when you've got false teeth. Um, which is just the fab members that we're communicating. There is also another one which has the club representatives on there. And basically, their words were, even if it's on a match day, if something is reported or if you see something or if something isn't right, message them and they'll work on it. 
Um, so it's so, I mean, it's going to take a little while to get it all, you know, gelling. Excuse the name, gel. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically kind of right off now. There isn't, I don't think, going to be a Facebook page because, again, who's going to have time to do it apart from anything else? But there will be the page on the website. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe all our, which where the um, updates from any meetings will go on so people can see what's going on. But also, all our contact details will be there as well. Sure. So, th so there will be um, minutes available. <laughs> will, they, will, they, will, it, will it be anything redacted, or will it will it will it be a um, will it be a, a full transcript of the minutes of the meeting? At this stage, good question. I believe it's a summary. It was kind of. So redacted. Okay, that's okay. Well, <laughs> but then the summary won't get put up unless we agree. So yeah. if the club come up with a summary and we go, oh, hold on, no, this bit, then they will change. Have to change it. And to finish up, Tim, because I'm, I would like to cover a couple of other subjects tonight. Um, is there any plans? Did they mention any uh, plans for? Uh, the chairman to show his face at any point or yeah. direct football yeah. or I know these are non-footballing issues you're going to be dealing with so what's the what's the thought process going forward? Steve Parrish will be coming to them he couldn't come this week he was away on business they didn't say what business that was you're not transfer business <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, or was it? Mm. <laughs> um Oh, I can't say anything, can I? No, sure. uh, no uh, so he apparently will be coming along. Okay. Boys, um, yeah, so I was just reading a comment in the, in the chat. So. Um, okay, right. So last opportunity, guys. Anything else you want to ask Tim before we move on? No, just to say, Tim, we're right behind you, mate. You know, so, uh, mm -hmm. you know, make sure you get, get our voices heard. And I'll, I'll email you about those ticketing things. I think it's quite an important one, actually. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and on behalf of the whole team, Tim, Tim, I'll say it to you one last time. I'm never going to say it again. We're immensely proud of you, mate. Well done. Yeah, good Cheers. work. Um, right. Okay. So Simon Philpot is asked the next question. Three days left and no signings. Good evening, Si. Hope, hope you're well, buddy. Yes, we are getting your messages. You plank. Okay. Um. So three days left and no signings. Ian, give us the list, please. Yeah, there's, there's we've been linked with a few players, haven't we? And um, there, there's some that are more likely than others. Um, probably the most likely is Daniel uh, Munoz. Is that how you say his name? He's a 27-year-old yeah. Colombian, uh, right back, plays for uh, Genk in the in the French league. Uh, 122 appearances, 16 goals from right back. Um, I've seen some clips of him. Looks a great attacking fullback. Gets forward a lot. Gets in the box. Um, uh, he's 27 years of age. I think he is an upgrade on Joel Ward or Nathaniel Klein. So you know, I'd love to see that deal happen. We've been linked yeah, with. Can, a Sorry. Can, can we actually just do Munoz first, and then go? Yeah, that's fine. Carry on. Yeah. Um, do, do right, okay. Here. It's interesting to hear you say that you've seen the clips, but it's more interesting to hear the manager say. He's actually seen them clips. Now, why would he not? Uh, why would we not be signing this guy to join us and, and sit the manager down and say, uh, we need you to have a look at this bloke here. Uh, Joe, when Ian mentioned his name and his age, you scuffed at his 
uh, when he was talking. What was your thought process? Because I've got one as well. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think, firstly, I don't think we've got the money. And, and, and as I've had conversations with many, many people over the, the last few days, um, I don't think I don't think we're gonna. I don't even think we're gonna get loans. Um, I think everyone is absolutely, especially clubs like us, are absolutely petrified by the financial fair play rules. Um, and I think we'll find out. Why would we be? Why would we be worried about financial fair play rules? Well, because we're nowhere near it. We're bottom of the league. Well, 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 we are. Well, we no, we're not. But what I'm saying is, is, is if we, well, I mean, how much is it? Is it going to be ten million? I it's think it's a bit more than that. I think it's near right, 20. Okay. So, so, we'll go, so we'll go 20 million, right? And then he's going to be on what? 80 grand, 100 grand a week? He's not going to come over here for, you know, for, for peanuts. So that's another two. So let's just say that's another 22 and a half million quid on our wages. So unless we start shipping big players, we, okay. we, we, we just push I'm, ourselves I'm further and further and further. Yeah, you, weren't on, you weren't on the show, show last week, okay? Uh, this is a message, this is a quote from uh, The Athletic. In the last few weeks, the boardrooms of several Premier League clubs will have been very nervous places. Charges for breaching profit and sustainability rules were pending and several executives may have feared that their clubs were in breach. One place where there was no sense of panic was Crystal Palace. The club operates on the lowest budget of the established Premier League clubs, a result of a lack of meaningful revenue outside the broadcast income, and they have not heavily invested in signings over the last two and a half years. Jill, we are in absolutely... We could go and sign four players, which we won't, and still be knowing the financial fair play as sustainability rules. No, I, 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 don't think, I don't think you've got that right. But anyway, I, I bet it if I... Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think that's the case because if that was the case, then then we would have those players already. We'd have those players this year. So, you know, it's uh Oh would we? Again, the reason I'm well, asking well, of course yeah. if we've got the if money if, the manager, if you're changing no, no, the manager, no, 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 if look, if we've got the money, then you spend it. We haven't got the money. It's it's obvious we don't have the money. There's a there's a from from what we can make out, from what I can make out, there's a hierarchy battle at the moment behind the scenes between the Americans, and the sooner that's resolved, um, the, the better. Really, I think the better for the club, for the club's finances, the way the club can move forwards. And, and in all honesty, the, the only way that I can see our club moving forward is is probably end of this season. Um, and it will be another sideways move um, unless we hit the jackpot again. But when we ship four or five players, and we all know who those players are because, you know, the ring fence money, I don't think so really, is now we need anything between 170 and 200 million quid for the shiny new stand. Uh, the only way we get that is by shipping those players. It's yeah, as simple as that. And as I well, as I said, four years, he's done us all right. Um, everyone knows the thing about Elise. We all know that Newcastle are, are, are more than sniffing um, about Anderson. Gay is 100% in going to Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, possibly Liverpool. 
you know, we're going to ship players. It's a, we have to be realistic about it. Where our money's going to come from, and then, we're, and then what we're going to do? Invest what twenty five million quid of that because the money's got to go to the state. Okay, listen. I mean, that is our business model now. Ian, I'm coming to you now, right now. Okay, Jill, you made a great point a minute ago about the uh, friction in the boardroom. Okay, I want to cover that as well if we get an opportunity in a minute. Ian. Yeah, first of all, uh, I said French League earlier. Of course, it's the Belgian league that this Nunes yeah, uh, yeah. is playing in. Um, thanks, Maxo3, for your comments. Uh, lads, we basically signed Munez, the most reliable journalist in the world, has said so, and he's already lined up a medical. It'll be announced tomorrow or Wednesday. So let's hope you're right, OK, because I think, as I said earlier, a definite upgrade. Um, I, I want to go and talk about some of these other players that we've been linked with now. We've been linked with two young players from the Championship, all right. Uh, we've been linked with um, uh, Jordan James from uh, Birmingham City. He's only 19 years of age. He's played 79 times for Birmingham, scored seven goals, um, capped eight times by Wales. So we're linked with him. And we've also been linked with Adam Wharton at Blackburn. Again, he's only 19 years of age, only played 39 times and scored three goals for Blackburn and uh, has played for the England under-20s twice. So he's he's another young player. Now, the issue I've got with both of these guys, I'm sure they're good footballers. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be linked with them. But other clubs are in for them as well. And I'm not sure that they're their answer now. We need players that can come in, like Munoz, whatever his name is. We need players that can come in in this window that can make a contribution to this squad now and not, Next year, I'm not interested necessarily in players signing players, sending them back on loan for the rest of the season. That's not helping Crystal Palace Football Club at the moment. We're in a sort of semi crisis point at the moment, looking over our shoulder, thinking if Luton Town go on a run, if Everton go on a run, if uh, Nottingham Forest go on a run, we're going to be in the bottom three. You know, we need to pick up points. It's 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 it's, it's not quite desperate. You know, we, you know, we we've got to think about the positives and we, we can talk more about the, the selection and the players we've got, but we do need players that can add to this squad now and not players, sign players for the future. And okay. I hope that the club get that. And I, I, my understanding is that the Walton one, he's going to be very expensive. He's, uh, it looks as though they've already rejected 15 million up front. I'm coming to you second for 15 million up front and up to five million pounds on add-ons. And Blackburn actually wanted to dance up more than that. I think he's near on 20 plus some add ons. And the guy from Birmingham, you alluded to, Ian, he's been lined up only as a, uh, a make way, sorry, a second if, if we don't get the Blackburn guy. I, yeah. I don't think both is uh, on no, the sure, table. Sure, sure, sure. And, and, but your point about being a 19 year old is right. Let's face it, he doesn't really have a great his uh, history of uh, playing younger players. Berg. No, I was going to, to, to Ian's point, I think we should be doing both. We should be signing players for the immediate, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be signing potential players for the future as well. I mean, they're not costing us a lot of money. The Adam Walton signing, Chelsea are now snipping around him, around 25 million. Yeah. So there must be there must be something about the kid if Chelsea are interested. But um, there is that. There's a good, that's a good point. But they are a club sailing close to the win. That would mean somebody like... Gallagher will have to go. Okay, so they are certain. So Palace are nowhere near financial fair play, but Chelsea are. Keep going, mate. Yeah, and I was just going to say, he must be a decent player. I think Munoz will, will be a decent sign in at right back. And I think I think we're only paying something like 
eight and a half million for him. I don't think he's going to be near 20. My question, Andrew, I don't know if you were on pre-show when we were, Ian and I were starting to discuss it about Lunos a little bit. My concern about him is, and he's definitely going to be an upgrade on what we've already got. Um, whilst they've been great servants to the club, Joel Ward and Nathaniel Klein, Klein will definitely go. I worry about Joel Ward a little bit because he's now done his 10 years. No mention of uh, testimonial whatsoever from the club. Okay, and he's already done. I think he's actually approaching his eleventh year. Eleventh year. He'll get a testimonial if he wants one. It's just that the timing needs to be right, doesn't it? You know, it needs to be at the end of a season or the beginning of a season. What are you saying, yes, Jill? Yes, eleven. He yeah, was yeah, I, I, I thought he's saying he's going to have a testimonial if he has. <laughs> been no announcement from it at all. Um, so I think, I think the. Uh, the guy, the Colombian guy, will be an upgrade. My concern about him, he doesn't actually fit our current business model, which is developing good players already. Okay, he's 27 years old. He's about to be 28 years old. He's not a young player like when we, when we bought Gihi uh, and Decore. And so the whole idea of those is to help fund big, shiny new stand because they're, they're all going to have great selling uh, fees. When, when we do sell them, as I included, at least say when in, they're all going to be massive sell on for us. So that's our sustainability sustainability model right there. This guy from Colombia, however, is not. He's 28 years old. Um, not so sure that that's, that sits in with our current business plan, but there you go. Um, well, well I, th- I think the business plan needs to go out the window a little bit because we're, yeah. of where we are in the Premier League. You know, we, as I said, I keep, I'm going to repeat myself. We need players into this club in this window that can make a contribution this season. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, and I, I think he's more of an attacking right back, isn't he? I mean, he scores goals, yeah. he gets yeah. assists. What was he? And what our was current his... right backs don't what do any. Stats, One in ten. So again, Nick. What was his stats? You, you had his stats earlier. Yeah, right. Okay. So he's played 122 times for Genk in the Belgian league. Um, and scored 16 goals. He's played 22 times for his country, Colombia, since 2021. Hasn't scored for his country. Uh, what I like about that is that he's, he, he will know Lerma well, won't he? You know, because they're both Colombian. So, you know, I like that. I like, you know, when we bought the Chinese lads, there was two of them. When we bought the Latvian lads, there were two of them, you know. So, you know, I quite like that idea. Tim? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, the financial fair play isn't an issue. For the club at the moment um, but for me as much as the players it, it's the managerial point of view I I still can't understand why Roy is still our manager when you look at how quickly Parrish um, acted over Vieira and the run of form under uh, Roy I think is worse than under Vieira and it just concerns me that still Roy nothing against Roy as a person but it just concerns me that we still haven't made the change. And is that having an effect on the transfers? You know, it, it's all very well going for players, but they're going to want to come. And if they're looking at the club and thinking, well, look at where we are, the manager don't like the, the football is playing, is that affecting us not being able to get players? I don't know. Thank you. Dave Kings here is in the chat. Nick's asked for contributions, but ignores the messages. I'm not ignoring the messages, mate. Um, you know, if there's something relevant to what we're talking about, Let's bring it on. Or if you've got a topic of conversation you want us to discuss, now's your time. Right now, 
give Dave, send me that message right now. Even PM me, I don't care. And we'll talk about it. I'm not ignoring anybody. Uh, there it is. It's kind of, Dave says the comments come through so fast. Some don't get a chance to read them. Well, I'm reading them right now. And I'm looking at the last one from Luke Cooper. If we lose against Sheffield, Brighton, Roy may be gone. Roy may be gone. And that's the very latest one. Very relevant. Relevant to what Tim just said. So thank you for that. Bit of news for you in case you don't know. Just changing the subject. I'll come to you now, Jill. Amy Everett, Palace ladies, Crystal Palace, are pleased to announce that the club captain, Amy Everett, has signed a new one-year contract for the club. The defender who took the armband in the summer has scored twice in 13 appearances so far this season, uh, extends her stay in South London until the summer of 2025. Well done, Ames. Good stuff. I was watching her, and there she is on screen, Amy Everett. Jill. Uh, yeah, so if, if the worst happens and we do lose the next two games um, and Roy does get a boot, um, are we back to Paddy again? Well, you okay, Jill's raised the question. It's, a, it's something we did discuss a little bit on the show the other day and part of the reason why Ferg came up with a suggestion about carrying it on tonight because uh, I don't think we actually put that to bed. Ladies and gentlemen, out in Facebook land, um, if you, you listen to what David had just asked, if we lose uh, against Sheffield and Brighton in the next seven days, will Roy be gone? Um, most of you thought he should be gone uh, at the end of the Arsenal game, me included, if I'm brutally honest with you. Um, who who Gels just asked a question. Who re replaces him? We know Potter was at the Arsenal game. Fergie, put that your hand up. Away you go. Oh, I think Ian had his hand up. Oh, sorry, it was Ian. Ian. Listen, listen. Roy Hodgson will only go if we have a replacement lined up. Paddy McCarthy is not the answer for Crystal Palace Football Club. As well, he's not, but he was. No, he's not. He, he can do a he can do a temporary. He can do a one game, two game cover, but he's not the answer as a manager in the Premier League. To manage in this league, you have to have experience, preferably experience in the division or similar level overseas. So um, if, if they're going to sack Roy, they need to have somebody lined up. So whether that is Steve Cooper or Graham Potter, um, we talked about both of those on the last show, and we can we can carry on talking about that this evening if you like. But we need to have someone lined up. Um, I think if we lose to both Sheffield United and Brighton, I think the time will definitely be then. Um but, as I said, we've got to have somebody that can come in and do the job. In a similar way that Roy came in with 10 games left last season. You know, he wouldn't have sacked Vieira unless he had somebody that he could bring in and he had that person in, in Roy Hodgson. A couple of guys in the chat saying uh, Tony was one of them. Um, I can't remember who the other one was, saying that uh, Parrish won't sack Roy. He'll keep him to the bitter end. Um, Moxo is saying... Can we get Sean Derry? Uh, I've noticed Sean was around today during that awful game up in up in the Midlands. Um, he, start, he started a rap, didn't he, Sean Derry? He was the one. Be, you know Sean Derry, he'd be the one holding him back, wouldn't he? Because he has got previous up north up for doing that, hasn't he? Um, Lee Locke was saying, Roy's holding out for the compo. He won't walk and Parrish won't, won't pay him. So, well, it's, there's a vicious circle. Ian Lyons, even if we do lose one of those games, Hodson, what did that say? You take it off screen, Notch. Hodgson was something or other. I didn't see the rest of it. Um, what what happened to Roy going upstairs, Ian Lyon asks? Do you think that would be a role for him, Tim? I don't think so. Uh, well, why would he? I don't think, you know, I, I think his body language has changed this season. His, his, his interest. 
I, I think personally he's done. He's he's tired, and who can blame him for the, the amount he's put into football? I think this is it for him. To be fair. Okay, we'll move on to something else in a second. I'm just going to give you some updates from uh, other teams around the club that happened since our last show. Um, the under-21s on Monday the 22nd in the Premier League Cup. Uh, they beat Birmingham 3-0. Uh, great result for them. Um, on Friday the 26th, just gone, Premier League 2, Division 1. Palace under-21s and beats that lockdown on the South Coast 2-1. Is that a lucky omen? Look at that. Is that a lucky omen? Great result, boys. Uh, on Saturday the 27th, yesterday, the under-18s in the under-18 Premier League, Palace beat Fulham 4-2. Very good result for the lads. And um, I can't remember his name. Who's that guy that keeps scoring nice? Come, jump on and tell me, please. Uh, absolutely phenomenal effort by him. He's, he's, I think he's done he's done three hat-tricks already this, this season. And like, Zach Marsh. Oh, Zach Marsh, thank you. There it is. Uh, the women last weekend, oh, sorry, during the week, Wednesday the 24th, in the FAWSL Cup, London Lionesses beat the Palace Ladies 2-1. Uh, and on and today, uh, unfortunately, and I don't know if any of you saw this today, might be worth having a chat about this, um, Palace women uh, fell down 1-0 to the Clowns. Now, during that game, for those of you that saw it, or more importantly, for those of you didn't see it, thank you for your answers about Zach Master in the chat, everybody. What a prolific player he is. There was an, there was an incident in that game with the... The Palace ladies today. Um, it was an innocuous challenge between one of the Palace girls, and one of the Charlton girls, and one of the Palace girls. Oh, sorry, one of the Charlton girls went down. Okay, and she went down into like a halt position on the deck. And I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take a stab here. Twenty minutes she was in that position. Mm. Twenty. You know. Uh, eventually they carried her off. Eventually they took the players off the pitch because she was so badly hurt. It was. The challenge was so innocuous. Um, and in the background, because it's not exactly the most professional of commentaries when you listen to the stuff on the Palace uh, app, and in the background, the, the ground was obviously fell silent because nothing was happening on the pitch because there's nobody on the pitch. They carried the young girl away, okay, and you could hear the ambulance arriving in the background. So football rivalries aside, boys, we wish that young girl from Sharpen Athletic yeah. every and uh, health every success. I right? things get sorted for you as quickly as possible. Okay, so Paul Bristol saying uh, Chris Wilder will, will be a fool if he doesn't think that Tuesday is one of his best opportunities to pick up three points. I mean, yeah, and I think he's probably right. I think you're, I'll make you right there, Paul. Mark Callaghan saying Zach Mark is the club's top scorer. Second top scorer has gone to Burton Albion on loan. That's our boy, isn't it? <laughs> That's our boy. I better, I better cover that, and I. Oh yeah, he, he's he's been sarcastic because I think he's talking about us. So let's do that then. Out so far, Sean Green has left the club. Uh, he joined Carlisle United on loan until the end of the season. Luke Plant has returned to the club following the conclusion of his loan to Carlisle. Kofi Balmer has returned to the club uh, from loan at Port Vale. The Northern Ireland Youth International joined Vale in the summer, making 16 appearances for the League One side. John Kamali Gordon, who returned from loan from his loan at Cambridge United, has now joined AFC Wimbledon until the end of the season. Uh, uh, here we go. Academy fullback Taya Adramola has joined John Texas' RWD Molenbeek on loan until the end of the season. 
And Academy striker Adam Ola, Ola Adabomi has joined Burton Albion on loan until the end of the season. So whoever said that in the chat, take a bow, sir. Brilliant information. 20-year-old centre-back Craig Farquhar has signed from Lyon FC. We seem to be signing a lot from the Irish League at the moment. Uh, he will be part of Darren Powell's under-21 squad. 21-year-old uh, midfielder Killian Phil Phillips, and he said Philpot there, Phillips has joined Aberdeen on loan until the end of the season, subject to international clearance. His loan with the Wickham Wanderers was terminated early with the agreement of all three clubs. Crystal Palace Academy have signed 18-year-old defender Luke Brown. Guess where from? Republic of Ireland team Shelbourne. And Crystal Palace women confirmed the signing of the 22-year-old Republic of Ireland international Izzy Atkinson. The left-sided midfielder is capable of offering as a wing, winger or a fullback. She has joined the club on a permanent deal from West Ham United on a contract until 2025. Well done, Izzy, and welcome to the club. Right, boys, it is now 10 to 9. And so we, we were talking about uh, the board and the boardroom debacle that's going on with Texter, uh, the other two Yanks, and Parrish. Now, that, just so you're aware, for those of you who don't know, Steve Parrish, although he is in overall control of all football, uh, football issues within the club, he has now either a 10% or a slightly less than 10% share stake in the club. The rest of them have been split between uh, the t uh, Blitzer and Harrison Blitzer and Texter and a few odd ones floating around. So this this turmoil behind the scene, boys, how do we see it panning out? How do we see it playing out? Ferg, have you got any thoughts on it? Well, I think Texter wants out, doesn't he? Um, I think he spent $680 million buying Leon the year before last. Um, it's a shame, really, because he could have invested that sort of money into our club. Um, but yeah, I think I think because he doesn't have overall control, he's obviously looking to sell. But be careful what you wish for, I guess. I mean, Parish, I think you know, I think he's doing an excellent job with one hand tied behind his back because he's got all these financial constraints. He's got two owners that aren't willing to invest. He's got another owner that wants to sell. Um, so I think I think he's doing an, an incredible job. I know everyone keeps there's quite a lot of people out there says Parish is out, but you know we're in a really strong position. We've got this new academy, we're building this new stand, financial fair play. We're nowhere near it. Uh, we we have signed some really exciting players in the last couple of years. Um, you know there's lots of positives, but how do you resolve this? I don't, I don't know. I mean if Texter sells. What would the other two? What would Blitzer and Harris do? Um, so it's a difficult one. I mean, I don't know how they're going to sort that out. Joe, I want your input in a, in a second, but before I come to you, okay, I want to mention in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm sure you'll all join me, each and every one of you that's out there, please comment on what I'm about to say. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome Claire Davis to the show. She is on, in the chat. She is reading your messages. Um, I had the pleasure of joining Claire and her family for Holly's funeral a couple of, well, soon, 10 days ago now. Um, and Claire absolutely did Holly proud that day. I am so proud of you, Claire, and the Red and Blue family are right with you still. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night ladies and gentlemen, at the Sheffield game, 
there will be a, a further bucket collection going on in the fan zone. So if anybody else wants to contribute to help with the uh, collection for Claire and her family, please, please, please join me in the, assuming I can get this time off work in the fan zone. There certainly will be a bucket collection going on. Um, thank you to each and every one of you that contributed to uh, the helping with the funeral costs. Um, I was there on the day. It was brilliant for her. I mean, we, it couldn't have gone any better. It was what it should have been, a sombre event, but a celebration of that beautiful little girl's life. Okay, And uh, thank you again. So, uh, Claire, I know you're out there. Love you. Give me a call. I tried phoning you the other day, but you didn't pick up. Ian. Yeah, and importantly, let's mention that on the uh, 11th minute against Sheffield United, um, we hope there'll be a minute's applause for young Holly. And uh, let's all get behind that at Sellers on Tuesday evening. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for reminding me. Absolutely. Jill, going back to the point in how we're talking about um, the debacle, which is a, a current board of directors. I mean, you know, we didn't seem to have this problem when the 2010 board took us over and bought us out and saved us and all the rest of it. Now we have international flavour boredom going on. It seems to be a bit toxic. Anything you can tell us from the street? Anything that you know? <laughs> from the streets? Um, well, firstly, with CPFC 2010, what you had was, was four fans that had a few quid. Um, and uh, uh, and as I was, you know, we were told on various times, you know, Parrish was going to to his pals and saying, "I need another check for a couple of million quid." Um, I mean, the, the fact that they got all the money back, you know, within within such a short time, was uh, was you know probably down to pure luck that we got into the Premier League. But anyway, um, you know, when you when you're run by um, fans or a fan, um, I, I think they are. I think you you almost get sort of sympathy money, you know, or or, or money that they think that, they, that they're obliged obliged to put in. Um, being the owner, these Americans. I mean, you, you you see it all the time. You see the thing with Man United. Um, you see it with Liverpool. You, you know, at any time American owners come into a club. Um, I mean, we well, they can't asset strip us, um, fortunately, because we don't really have a lot. But um, it, it, it really goes well. It really goes well. I mean, the, the fact that, that they look like they're succeeding the other scenes up north, um, you know, it's just that they've got huge fan bases and just the amount of shirts they sell um, probably outstrips anything that we could ever own um, in total. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm... Um, you know, we all had high hopes when they came in, and it, you know, we've we've got two billionaires, and you know, the rest of and, and, and the, all the other people that combined, um, you know, they became they, they were another billionaire. So we in effect had three billionaire owners, um, you know, and it, and, it, and I think we had sort of champagne lifestyle, lemonade pockets, um, you know, it, it's. It's annoying. It's really annoying. And I'm not saying, that I, you know, I want them to, well, I am saying I want them to put a certain amount of money in every year. You know, if it's if it's kudos that they want, you're never really going to get out of us. You know, we, you, you're not Crystal Palace. We're a little team from South London. You know, you want kudos, you buy Arsenal or, or Spurs or whatever. You're not going to get that. But if, you know, I don't know whether we're this, you know, back home, 
they're, they're lauded as Premier League team owners, but but we're not we're not the you know we're not the prize rosette for them. Um, and and if they're not prepared to to um, to to put their money where their mouth is, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, this you know what would be after is is fifty. I know it's a lot of money anyway. You know, but fifty million a year. In the grand scheme of things, if Texas just paid six hundred and eighty for you know, it, it, it's it's fifteen eighteen million quid each. I'm just I'm just saying. Do you know what I mean? And that that way, it substantiates at least two. You know, you get two really decent buyers a year, and they've been with us how many years? I'm just you know, I'm I'm literally as as the saying goes. I'm just saying. Okay. Um. I just want to pick something up in from the chat, if you don't mind. Daniel, oh. Daniel Garlic. Good. Oh, um, what? Am I on you? No, you're right. Oh, right, sorry. Um, I don't know what John was doing. Said. Daniel Garlic, he said, I think we need a complete fresh takeover and clear up the toxic behind the scenes at Palace. Now, that is a very simplistic view, of course, okay, because what you need is somebody who has the ability and actually wants to come in and buy the glove. Um, you know, we are not in the in this state that the Man United are with the Glazer thing and and that takeover. Look out, here comes <laughs> turn, turn your phone on, turn your phone portrait, uh, landscape. Turn your phone landscape. Okay, Lovely. ladies and putting his from put it back the other way. Can you hear me? From Fort Lauderdale, yeah, Mr. Ian Lyons. Ian, I'd like your views, a fresh pair of ears and a fresh pair of eyes on the, the, the debacle behind the scenes in the boardroom. How do we resolve it? Well, listen, firstly, can you hear me? Yes. Unfortunately. The debacle of Palace as a whole. Um, it's not great, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, I've been trying to catch the show as I've been on the intercoastal waterway um, with the data that I've got. And I agree with a lot of what's been said so far, but um, I don't, I think, even if we draw against Sheffield United, Ochen has to go, you know, it's it's win or bust. And even then, it's only going to, uh, you know, put off the extra, stay the execution for him. Just It's just typical Palace, just dragging our heels over everything all the time. There's an issue. And who's, who's replacing him? Well, you know, there are a number of options out there and a number of options that actually don't have jobs. Um, Lopetegui is one of them. Cooper, I know, perhaps wants to uh, have a bit of a rest. Potter, who's been seen, but I don't believe that he's interested in the job anyway. Um, but there are other people out there. They just have to pay the money. you know, And that's exactly what they don't want to do. That is probably why we're in this mess in the first place, because they don't want to pay the money. Uh, Mark Callahan says in the chat, Ian, welcome back, Miami, Miami Vice. Um, yeah, it's Crockett or Tubbs. <laughs> definitely Tubbs at the minute. Yeah, definitely Tubbs, 100%. Um, so what about the debacle in the boardroom, though? That's, that's, a, that's a topic at the moment. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I was a bit flabbergasted to hear Ferg say that um, how much Texter has allegedly played for Leon. But um, Texter's an issue. Get rid of him. Uh, but the other two are just a big an issue. Um at least text is trying to do something, even though he's you know struggling because he's uh, in lack of control. But the other two seem to have the deepest pockets with the shortest arms. Um, you know, what are they doing? 
you, boys, I don't know if you can see the message in the comment in the chat there. Paul Holden says, when you look at Ian Lyons, that's like looking at the Palace at the start of the season. Then you look at then you look at Gel, it's like looking at the Palace towards the end of the season. Classic. Classic. Oh, that's, that's harsh. Uh, sorry, sorry, Gel, I disagree with that, mate. That is bang out. That's bang out of all the way. That's quite it. Don't stand for it. Joe, you're not responding, mate. What's the point? It's, it's the first time I've ever heard him not say anything. What, you want me to start cutting the paper watching the show? <laughs> All right, <Okay>. then. <laughs> if I must. <laughs> See then. I'm, on for I'm on for two minutes to in the show already. Sorry. Sorry, boys. Back. Right, okay. Listen, boys, I think you know it's good good fun. So we, we still haven't picked between us, we still haven't picked a new manager. We haven't we still haven't picked up a new board. Okay. Look, that's old, that's what we're supposed to be doing this evening. Who do we want in? Who do we want as manager? We haven't done that. Okay. We haven't done predictions for Tuesday night, and we haven't done predictions for the Saturday afternoon. Oh my good god. Right, Ian Lyons. Um let's have your in the chat, let's have your predictions, please. We'll have sorry. I I, lo I lost off of what you said then, because every time I'm in the shopping mall, my missus is spending money like it's going out of business. If only she had the first strings of Palace, we'd be all right. I just get notifications coming up on the screen every time she's hitting the card. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, uh, I think I think we should win against Sheffield United. Let's be honest. We should be all out. Everyone at the ground should be behind them. It should be a banging atmosphere. and should be going for the stroke. If Hodgson starts with two defensive midfielders, that's it for me. Regardless, against Brighton, we'll lose. Okay. And by the look of it, that looks to be the theme around the chat as well. Mr. Holio, she Sheffield United, um, Brighton, Hove Albion. 3-2 um, at Sheffield United and 1-1. Really? Nice. I hope you're writing that down because uh, we, can, we can use it to coat in with on the weekend. Uh, Mr. Noble. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 on Tuesday night. I think we'll have, we'll have too much for Sheffield United. Um, you know, I don't ever celebrate a Brighton win, but I like the way that they um, they beat Sheffield in the Cup and uh, hopefully they'll be a bit deflated by that. Um, so I think we'll have enough to beat them 2-0. And I think we'll draw with Brighton 1-0. OK. Fab fanboy? fanboy. Uh, one nil win Tuesday. Uh, three nil lose Saturday. Okay, and third. Uh, comfortable two one win against Sheffield United. Comfortable two one. <laughs> and a one all draw against Brighton. Okay, Tony Prince saying two nil against Sheffield and four nil against Brighton. I presume that means uh, that way Hodson still keeps his job. Um, what else we got? Lee Lockwood says uh, two nil and two one. I don't know which way the two one is there, Lee. Uh, Mark says one one on Tuesday and a three nil loss on Saturday. I think that's probably more like it. Uh, Paul Holden says I predict predict Jill Holyoke's going to kill me between now and Tuesday. I think you're probably <laughs> right. John Knox, John Knox says two one Tuesday night. Tom Clark Samuel uh, says two one. Are you and Eze is are you back in time for? Tuesday night, guys. Do we know? I think so. I think, yeah, I think it was neat when they, uh, they had to be out of the country within 24 hours after yeah. losing. So I'd be like and to Saturday, he said 2 2. Uh, they got chased out, didn't they? By their oh. fans. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dave Keith says 2 0. So there you go. John Knox says 1 1 drawn Saturday. Uh, thank you, guys. I can see all your predictions coming through. I think um, Instagram, please, Nigel, as, he says, as he's rifling through his. He's draws bringing up the right slide for us. Instagram. That's Instagram, Please, Nigel. Not only fans. Yeah, yeah. Not, not your only fans slide, Nigel. I've seen that one. Um, Please remember to follow us on our Instagram page, red underscore blue, sorry, red underscore and underscore blue underscore review. Give it a like, follow, share, and do whatever you like on there. And Tom Clark Samuel works very hard. Okay. There's our YouTube channel, at Red and Blue Review 8132. That does actually sort of. Right, didn't it? At the red and blue review, 8132. Again, very important. You hit the like, share, and subscribe button. Hit that bell for us, please. Hit that bell. When are we back, boys? Can anybody tell me? I presume it's Sunday night, is it? There it is. We've got oh, good tonight. Thank you, Nigel. We will turn, return on Sunday evening at 8 o'clock for a double header of the covering the Sheffield game. And please take it down. Cross any the city yet? There you go. Thank you. Uh, uh, and the Brighton game, obviously, that'll be live February the Sunday, February the fourth at eight o'clock. Please, please be sure to join us in. Set yourselves a reminder. Ian in Fort, Fort Lauderdale, thank you for joining us, mate. Hope you have a cracking time. I You're hope welcome. She, Next time, I hope she absolutely drains your wallet for you. It'd be my pleasure to hear that news. And I've absolutely no doubt that she's on the way, mate. She, she'll give it a go. You know, one hundred percent. That's what I'll say about her. That's good work. So, well, in, uh, yeah, next uh, next show I'll probably be in uh, Costa Rica, maybe. Maybe I'll do. A, I'll, I'll jump in from there. Nigel, have you got a mute button to shut him up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You can go off some people, can't you? Absolutely you can't right. Uh, bang on, mate. Have a nice time, on. buddy. Ferg, Tim, Gel, and Ian, as always, boys. Uh, we'll sort out who's coming on on Sunday. Thank you for joining me this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Out in Facebook land, I hope we didn't ignore too many of your your comments. Yeah, you know, I don't want to upset people. That's not the plan. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Be sure to join us again on Sunday. Good luck for this week. Fingers crossed. Claire Davis, we all love you. God bless you. On behalf of myself, Nick Philpot, and the rest of the crew, take care. We'll see you Sunday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Turn up.